All right, let's thank our band again for leading us today. Hey, if you've just graduated from high school or college or graduate school or med school, I want you to stand up quickly. If you're a graduate, stand up. Let's give our graduates, yes sir. Let's give them a big hand. Woohoo! You guys will be seated. Let's start off today by asking a simple question. And that is, how can you tell when someone loves you? How can, how can you tell when someone loves you? How, how do you know that for sure? Well, there's only one certain way to determine that, okay? There's only one certain way. And that is when you, when you go home today and you go out in the backyard, find yourself a daisy. Right? Pick that daisy up and start plucking off the petals. Right? If you're a guy, she loves me. She loves me not. She lo Ladies, if he loves me, he, he loves me not. And when you get down to that last petal, you will know for sure whether they really love you or not. It's the only way I know outside of the horoscope to determine whether they love you. Here's the deal though. A lot of times we kind of get into that silly little game when it comes to God and when it comes to God's love. We, we play a game of he loves me, he loves me not. You go to work tomorrow, boss calls you in, hey, I'm gonna give you a big fat raise. Woo! God loves me, hallelujah. You go to work on Friday at four o'clock, boss calls you in, says, it's been nice knowing you. See you later. Here's the pink slip. He loves me not. You get a text from someone. They want to go out with you. Man, God loves me. You get another text. Hey, we need some space. That means God doesn't love me either. I mean, your, your life is smooth sailing right now, right? You're just, you're just killing it, you're crushing it. Man, that means God loves me. You're going through a difficult time, you're slugging it out. Uh, there, there are things and, and trials and challenges in your life. He loves me not. He loves me, he loves me not. And we base God's love, we kind of enter into what I call a daisy love theology. And we base God's love off of our circumstances and whether things are going our way or not. And a lot of times that leads us into a time of doubt and we begin to doubt God's love for us. We may say, well, I can see that God loves him and God loves her and God loves them. And by my Instagram feed, God is loving and blessing a lot of people besides me. But God doesn't love me. And we begin to doubt and to question God's love for us. 
Now, I've, I've been a pastor for many years now, over 30 years, that's three decades. And I would say this, there are many challenges that we face in life, but one of the greatest challenges that I've seen that so many of us struggle with is to actually and truly believe that God loves me. For God so loved the world. Yeah, I know God loves the world. I know God loves that person that was singing in church today or teaching. Yeah, God loves him, but does God love me? And many times we struggle to personalize this overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. One of the classic stories in the Bible about God's love is a story called the prodigal son. How many of you have ever heard of the prodigal son? Raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of us here have heard of the prodigal son. In case you haven't heard it, or if you need a review, you know the story. You have a father, he has two sons. The younger son wants to go off and do whatever he wants to do. He wants his inheritance now. So he takes his inheritance, he leaves his hometown, he goes somewhere to Las Vegas and he just spends the money and he just parties and whoo whoo, he's on the party train. He is living it up. The older son stays there. He's on the performance treadmill. He's trying to earn his father's love. Finally, the son, the young son, the prodigal son bottoms out. He hits bottom. He says, I've got to go home. I've got to go back to my dad. I've got to go back to my father. He goes back. The father welcomes him home, hugs him, kisses him, says, hey, let's throw a big old party. My son, my boy is back. He's come back home. The one that I thought was dead is alive. We're going to celebrate. And of course, the older brother never could get into the celebration because he was trying to earn his dad's love and he was still filled with resentment and bitterness. But the story is about the father's love. So question I would wanna ask is this, is when do you think the father loved his son the most? that youngest son, that rebellious son. When, at what part of the story did the father love his son the most? Was it the beginning when his boy was home and working in the family business? Was it when he showed his love by giving him all this money? Was, was it when he came back home and the party went? went and when did the father loved his son the most. Let's look at the goat to see if we can find that answer. In Romans chapter eight, verse 35 writes, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep, sheep to be slaughtered. No. In all these things, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through Kim who loved us. 
The answer to the question is there wasn't a time in the story when the father didn't wholeheartedly love his son. The only constant in the story is the consistent, persistent, tenacious love of the father. And as this passage says, if you've said yes to God and yes to Christ, nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing. Nothing. God's love is bigger than you. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than your problems, bigger than your challenges, bigger than your sins. God's love and God's grace and God's gospel and his mercy is bigger. It's interesting as you look at this passage and you think about your own life, you think about all these things that we perceive, that we perceive are blocking God's love to us. You know, we're gonna go through hardship. We're gonna go through persecution. We're gonna go through times of want and need and danger. Painful things happen. They happen. Sickness and disease happens. Death happens. Suffering happens. And we will face these powerful barriers and challenges and problems and trials and sufferings in our life until the day we die. There's no formula, there's no faith formula, God formula that's gonna somehow allow you to take out the pain, to take out the challenges, to take out the hardships. That place simply doesn't exist. What God tells us though is this, and then he tells us that in the midst of this, in the midst of real life, in the midst of slugging it out in the valley or the ditches of life, God's love will see us all the way home. That's what his word tells us. God's love is with us. When we're down, God's love is with us. When it's dark, God's love is with us. Even when we're doubting him, we're playing a game of he loves me, he loves me not. Because why? In all these things, we can conquer, we can win through the love of Christ. And here's the good news. There's lots of good news, but here's some good news. The good news is that whatever you're going through right now, whatever trial you're facing right now, whatever danger is in your life right now, whatever problems you're trying to navigate in your life right now, you are not going through these things alone. You are not alone. Christ is with you. Christ's people, his community is with you. And God's spirit is in you. His love is in you to see you through. We're not alone. God doesn't leave us alone. God doesn't leave us to face and to fight life all by ourselves. He surrounds us with his love. He comforts us with his love. 
He picks us up off the ground and welcomes us home and hugs us and embraces us with his love. Christ truly loves you with a love that will never let go. Never let go. Even when we try to run away from God, I've discovered God's faster than me. Even when we try to push God away, God's stronger than me. And it's God's love and God's grace that allows me to get back up when I've been knocked back down over and over again. Yes. And if we had time today, if we had time today, and we don't have time today, guys, don't panic. If we had time, so many people could come up right here on the platform and get behind this nice, clear podium and say, hey, let me tell you what I've been through. Let me tell you the hardships that I've experienced. Let me tell you the dark alleys I've been through. Let me tell you the pain that I've endured and God's love and Christ's love for me saw me through and it's real, it's real, it's real. So many people would stand up and say the same thing over and over again. God's love in Christ is is transcendent, okay? In other words, even when we're going through difficult times, those times where we feel like he loves me not, even when we're going through these hardships, God's love can transcend those circumstances. And at the same time, his love is in, imminent. It's near to us because by his grace and mercy, his spirit lives inside of us to help us to actualize, if you would, the very love of God in Christ. And, and the reason, as we're coming to the, to the close of the goat, the greatest chapter of all time, Romans chapter eight, the, the reason Paul is ending this, this incredible chapter on such a mountaintop experience is that Paul, like you and like me, knows the end of the story. And no matter how much pain and distress he was going through, no matter how much pain and distress and danger we're going through personally or we see going on right now globally, we know at the end of the story, God's love wins, right? We know that. We, we believe that. And we trust in his unstoppable, tenacious, constant, consistent love for us individually, yes, and love for this world. God has not left you alone and God's not leaving this world, this universe alone. There is an ending and it is a good ending. God's got a good story for this world, a good ending for your story as well. We just have to hold on, right? And trust and this incredible love for us to see us through. Like I said, you know, <laughs> appropriating this and, 
and, and living in light of God's love, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And, and for some reason, if I can just pick on the guys here, if I can, a little bit, it seems to be more difficult for guys than it is for ladies. Not always, not always. But I've had many guys over the years tell me, man, this is really tough for me to believe that God loves me. So this is not something that's just, you know, axiomatic and, man, you come to church one time or you go to a Bible study or you read a verse or, or you sing some great song in 1111 and, man, I got it. <laughs> I got it. It's, it's kind of, it can be kind of slippery, right? Understanding and appropriating God's love, it's kind of like, you know, you, know, you, you, you catch a fish in the summer and you put, take it off the line, the hook, and it just kind of slides out of your hand, right? You know, it's just, it's just slippery. And so my prayer for you, and perhaps you can, you know, write this down and put it in your phone or however you access information, content, data, is Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. This is a, a prayer that, that uh, Paul prayed for the uh, group of people called the Ephesians. And I want to pray this for us Houstonians and Second Baptistians or whatever we would be. This is my prayer, and I, I pray that it'll continue to be your prayer. It's, it's a wonderful prayer about us asking God to, to, help, to help us appropriate and personalize, internalize his love. Look at Ephesians 3.17. Again, Paul writing. He says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love, rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, God help me to grasp, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And that's a great prayer, isn't it? Tuck that away. Memorize that if you can. Put that in the notes in your phone. Meditate on that today and tomorrow and every day this week. And just say, God, I really want to understand the height, the depth, the length, the width of your love. Not in a selfish way, right? I'm not just going to hoard God's love because once we understand God's deep personal love for us, what do we want to do? We want to give that love away. We want to give that love away. I read a story someone sent a while back. It's, it's an interesting story about persevering. On September the 9th, 1965, James Stocksdale was flying over North Vietnam in a mission, and he was shot down. Parachute, landed in enemy territory, and was captured and spent eight years eight years in captivity in a place they called the Hanoi Hilton. His cell that he lived in had no windows. It was three feet by nine feet. And because he was an officer, many times he was brought in over those months and years for interrogation. He was tortured and he was deprived of, uh, of medical attention and so much pain and shame and isolation and degradation during those long, long years. And someone asked the question, well, how do you survive that? How do you make it through 
Eight years of that level of danger and persecution and pain. How do you make it through? Someone asked Stockdale that question. And here's what he said. He said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never lost faith in the end of the story. And the end of the story tells us that God and his love in Christ wins. God wins. He wins.